about miracles. And we, this message, when pigs fly, I want to know if the little guy made it, you know. <laughs> but I want to talk about miracles because, you know, what happens in society today, because we're so developed, you know, we're so past ourselves. We're like, man, you know, what, you know, every six months they got a new cell phone, they got a new this, they got a new that, and, or, you know, now, um, see, I'm back from the day, how many remember eight-track tapes? Help me, Jesus. I had the Imperials in my Trans Am with my T-tops with my eight-track tape in there. I listened to the trumpet of Jesus. <sighs> yeah, and then eight-tracks became obsolete and we went to cassettes. Remember that? And now CDs. And who knows? Now, now our car, we have a car that it, you can set the cruise, and if someone gets too close to you, the car goes, that's not good. I mean, it doesn't really say that, but it just slows down. I'm like, I didn't touch the gas. I didn't touch the brake. The car's like, mm-hmm. It blinks if somebody's on my other side on my mirror. Beep, beep, beep. It tells me, you know, I mean, it's crazy. But we, you know, we live in the age where we've created so much, and sometimes I think we forget how just great God is. I mean, just how good God is, and how He still does today what He did back then. Sometimes we just need to maybe stop and smell the roses. How many have ever heard the statement, when pigs fly? You might have heard that if they said, hey, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. When pigs fly, you might have even heard this phrase. That's almost the same as saying when hell freezes over. Or if you're real Christian or spiritual, bless your heart. <laughs> Let's unpack this just a little bit further. If my kids came over and said, hey, dad, I heard you're going to have a cat farm. When pigs fly. I am not a cat person, although I don't hate cats. I do have family that have cats, and actually I thought, mm, they're okay. But cats don't do like dogs. Dogs, come here, boy. Cats are like, mm -mm, talk to the tail. I'm not doing that. When pigs fly. I mean, there's things that we just, sometimes we accept things, and sometimes we're like, yeah, I'm not sure. Because we live in the generation where so many new things are created. I want to talk about the miracles of God. I don't want us to forget where we've come from. I mean, it's good that we're on our way. I thank God I'm not where I used to be, but I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm heading some direction that God has got me. We have people that do this. If I ask, you know, and again, I said, how many believe in miracles? People raise their hand. But what, what the difference is, is they'll say, I believe in miracles but I don't know that God will do them for me. He'll do them maybe for you, or I've, I've heard about him doing them yesterday, or in the Bible, but I don't know if they're for now. So I'm, I'm here this morning for the next four weeks to help you understand, I don't want miracles to lose their power. I want you to know that God hasn't lost a smidgen of anything. He is God. He is the same. Help me, somebody. Yesterday, today, and forever. Well, Pastor, I went to the mall on Saturday and the parking lot was packed and all of a sudden there's a parking space open. It was a miracle! 
that's not a miracle. <laughs> that might be favor, and that's good. We've all had that happen. We all like that. But then there are those times when it's raining, and you're like, thank you, Jesus, for my parking spot. And you're out in Egypt somewhere over there. And, or you say, you know what, God opened up a parking spot, and it only took me 39 trips around the mall before I finally got one. Sometimes we claim miracles are miracles, and really, I mean, it is, it is good to have favor, and I do believe in that. But if we're honest, it's not a miracle. A miracle is when God in heaven intervenes here on earth with our all-knowing, the all-powerful, all-powerful, mighty God intervenes on your behalf to do something that you could not do, something that you really can't explain. He comes in and says, I'm here. That, my friend, is a miracle. I still believe in miracles. Give your neighbor a high five. Now, if you go to the same mall and you are heading down to your favorite store and you raise your cell phone in the car's miraculously part, okay, I'll, I'll be convinced that's probably a miracle. But that's not going to happen. Today we're going to talk about miracles of deliverance. Next week we're going to talk about miracles of healing. In every one of these, I'm believing people are going to get set free, people are going to get healed. We're going to talk about protection. We're going to talk about just God that protects us. Come on. The God that keeps us safe. That's why we plead the blood over us. Why we believe angels guard us when we go on. I mean, this God, he's at work 24-7. He never sleeps or slumbers. He's just amazing because he loves you. We're going to talk about provision. How he provides. We're going to go for four weeks. But let's jump back to today. This subject about deliverance is probably talked about the least. And to some people, it's kind of creepy, I think. Because when we talk about miracles of deliverance, then we start talking. We're like kind of getting, we're getting close to a line that makes us uncomfortable. Have you ever been uncomfortable? In church? I mean, there's, a, there's different kinds of uncomfort. In church, there's some that's just like, man, the dead in Christ rise first. This church is going up. You've all been there. <laughs> or, or there's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's God or not. I don't know, but that's freaking me out. You ever been to a church like that? You see, because people are unpredictable. And they just do sometimes whatever they want. So sometimes our flesh gets away from us. But there are other times that, that God is doing things, and just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God. But when he begins to do different things, this is what happens. I mean, we have these mindsets. One of the best tricks the enemy does to convince the world of two things. Either, number one, that he doesn't exist. There is no devil. He doesn't exist. Or number two, you've got plenty of time. Even if he did exist, you can get your life right. You've got plenty of time. Let's look at Ephesians 6:12. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Just a thought, just so that you know, Christianity isn't a playground, Christianity is a battleground. It's not a playground, it is a battleground. It's where we fight the good fight of faith. It's where we walk it out. How many have had some walkouts, man? You're believing God, but you're still walking and believing things to happen. It's not just everything in our natural world. There's a spiritual world as well. So I'm telling you, it might not be your boss at work. It might not be that opinionated person on Facebook that's just trying to poke you. Just to get you riled and ticked off. 
I have people, you know, during all the years of ministry of uh, Pastor Kim and I have been doing this, people say, well, what is a demon? Somebody said, I married one. People believe sometimes it's the spirit of the dead. And they, you know, they'll say, you know, my uncle, he was a real hell raiser. He's a demon. No, no, that's not what a demon is. A demon is not the spirit of the dead. Isaiah 14, Revelation 12 in the Bible gives us some history of their beginning. It says, Lucifer, a.k.a. the devil, also known as, was cast out of heaven because he did his eye campaign five times. He said, I, I, and tried to be better than God. And he got kicked out of heaven. God didn't even get off the throne. He sent an angel to do his light work. And he kicks him out of heaven. And the Bible says he takes a third of the angels with him. Most scholars believe that those angels, those are the demons. Those are the ones that go around doing all of the, the harm. What an angel is to God, a demon is to Satan. You see, the enemy wants to take the place of the kingdom of God. He wants to take that place away from you in your life. So there's a couple ways we can get this wrong. So I'm going to do this. Number one, we overemphasize demonic influence. We've been in ministry a long time, and we have had people that they see demons everywhere they go. And Kim will tell you, we've walked in places, and the lady would... It doesn't have to be a lady, so please... So an email because I said the lady, a dude, a person. There's been demon activity in here. These curtains are full of demons. Really? You know, stuff like that. I mean, you know, so sometimes we overemphasize that. Then on the other hand, we can underemphasize, and we and we then we just. Try to stay oblivious to it because what we, we think what we don't know won't hurt us. So there's a couple things there. So what do demons do? If we want to know how to beat them, I think it's important if we know what they do. If we want to know how to get free, we need to know what their, what their object is. I'm going to give you three thoughts this morning of what they do. Here's the first one. Demons tempt you to sin. They try to get you away from God. 2 Timothy 2.26, they'll come to hear. They, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You see, the enemy is good at trying to tempt you to sin. He's going to do things. He's going to talk to you and say things, you know, just like, you can do that. Everybody else is doing that. I could even get a little more creepy. Yes. And he'll try to tempt you into getting all of the things that you're, you're not supposed to or trying to say, it's okay. Do it anyway. You deserve it. They'll minimize on the front side of sin, but when you take the bait, they'll maximize it. Can I get a witness in the building today besides myself? So I'm just telling you, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the enemy is so good at his game. The enemy will tell you, God will never love you after what you did. But the whole time he was trying to get you to do it. Our second thought this morning, demons will distract you from God's will. So they're going to tempt you to sin. They're going to distract you from the will of God. Look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit turned to your neighbor and say, that's, that's for me. 
Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith, they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Somebody you may know somebody like this. Some, somebody, some of you may be somebody like this. Or, you know, it's just like anything that comes down the pike, they'll, they'll believe. My friends, it has to line up with the Word of God. Has to line up with the Word of God. Has to line up with the Word of God. I know I'm probably not the only one in the building, but, you know, sometimes in our lives we start out strong. We, and we, you know, we go, ah, and then all of a sudden somehow we lose our momentum and we start believing something else because of our life experience. And we, we, we take a tainted view on something. And then we make that part and pretty soon we, we claim that as truth. It's not really hard to do because we all have had experiences where we're like, it didn't work that way for me. And we blame God. Anybody ever blame God? My first son was a stillborn. I, I, I had a mad time at God for a while. We've got to understand that God is not a God that kills, steals, or destroys. That's the enemy. And we've got to work through some of these things that we make as doctrine that maybe are not doctrine at all. We have people that teach this. doesn't matter what you believe because we all up end in the same place. All roads lead to the same place. No, they don't. They don't. Let's, when we leave here today, everybody go a different way. See if we all come back together again here real quick. It's not going to happen. They don't all lead to the same place. The Bible says there's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. There's not 17 other roads. There's all kinds of things out there. People will mix Christianity, they'll mix New Age stuff, they'll mix witchcraft, they'll get it all together. And they'll, they'll make their own little theory. There's all kinds of new things out there now. They'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they'll have this smorgasbord of things and put it together. And, and part of it will be partial of the Bible and a lot of it will be this and some of it will be that. And they'll try to make it all real. If it's not Christ, it's thinking. We have to begin to plant ourselves on Jesus. I have people that say this. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. As long as you believe it hard enough, it's all good. Let me tell you a story. True story. I was... I don't know how old I was. I'm going to say I was eight. Maybe ten at the most. But I'm going to say about eight. I believed... Now, I'm glad you're sitting down. I believed, if I believed hard enough, I could fly. Because my, my superhero was Superman and Spider-Man. And I'm like, if you believe, you can fly. I know I, I believe, I can fly. Now, before you get up and leave, I was eight. So let me finish this story. And I, I had told myself, I had made up, I'm flying today. I'm going to make this, I'm going to, I picked, I'm flying. And, of course, I had to have a cape because everybody knows you really can't fly without a cape. At least you never saw Superman without a cape. So I had a towel. And it wasn't unusual for my mom to put a towel on my neck to have me pretend I was a superhero. But in our house, there's 15 steps. And, yeah, I'm going there. 
And I got up. I'm up on 15 steps. I got my, and I, I started saying, yep, if I believe, if I believe and I'm sincere. Now, of course, at eight, I don't believe in, I don't even know what sincere means, but I'm just telling you, you know, if I don't doubt, I'm believing. And I realized, I looked down at 15, I thought, maybe my faith is about a 13 stepper. All right. So I came down a couple steps and, and I remember going, yep, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And this is what I did. Now, in my mind, this is what I thought. When I fly, I'm going to go down the steps. And if I fly to the right, the kitchen was right there. And I didn't want to fly to the right because I'd have to pull up. I had this all worked out. If I fly to the left, I could go around the dining room table. I opened the front door. I could go out the screen door. And I could fly around the house in the neighborhood and wave to my friends. Needless to say, now you wonder why I had such a creative imagination. True story. And I, I closed my eyes, and I believe I fly, and I dove. It was about two seconds later or so, maybe three or four steps down, that I realized I'm not flying. Matter of fact, how I'm falling is not pretty. And I went all the way down the rest of the steps, cut my chin up and everything like that. Now, my point is this. You can have all the sincere faith you want, but if it's not in the right thing, it gets you nothing. If you, you want to believe in the enemy, he's real. You can believe in the enemy, but he won't save your soul. You can believe Muhammad will save your soul. He ain't there no more. You've got to believe in the, in the founding truth that Jesus Christ died for you. You want to be delivered, you have to have something that's greater than what you're bound to. Help me. Somebody bigger than what you're bound to has got to come in and set you free. Somebody bigger than the strong man has got to come in and put the house in order. Our third thought this morning is demons inflict suffering. They tempt you to sin. They want to get you away from God's will. They inflict suffering. Matthew 17 Verse 15 and then 17 and 18. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. As soon as Jesus gave the word, the demon left. And that very moment, the boy was well. You've got to understand this principle. This really is how it, and people can say, no, I don't believe in that. I'm telling you, I've been in places where you better believe in something. Because you believe in something, whether you want to claim it or not. If you don't believe in God, then you're actually going over to the other side. Because neutral isn't going to get you anywhere. Now, I'm not trying to creep anybody out. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying, if you're a guest today, you're probably like, oh my word. But, you know, before I was a senior pastor, I was a youth pastor, I was an associate pastor, been a senior pastor for years, get it and all that stuff. Big deal, it's a title, I get it. But I'm telling you, who's got the title? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Prince of Peace, the Rose of Sharon. I'm telling you, man, when you're doing something, and I had a whole bunch of teens, I had a whole bunch of students, and some dude walks in the, in the auditorium, and he's just jerking, and he's growling, and he's doing... My teens for my youth group were like... And I'm thinking, I got my helpers. My helpers are like, we'll stay over here and keep these guys safe. You go ahead. But what I'm telling you is this. 
there is reason to understand this Bible is exactly true because one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. But at the name of Jesus, this man was set free in just a matter of a couple moments. And he left in his right mind. And every student in that place are like, put that on Facebook. That wasn't, Facebook wasn't back there. But you don't see things like that because people just don't believe in that. But the bound people that got free do. We know that Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. We know Jesus came to set the captive free. We know Jesus came not to serve, but not to be served, but to serve and give his life and the ransom for many. We know Jesus didn't just come for the healthy. My Bible says he came for the sick. Jesus came for the sinners. He came to set people free. Satan's mission is, is explained in John 10. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Demons will try to influence depression, suicidal thoughts, feelings of depression. They want to destroy your marriage. They want to destroy your kids. They want to steal your joy, obliterate your health. This is real. Get you to crack under pressures. I'm just telling you that the enemy is not some cute little... Guy in a red suit with a pitchfork that walks around and goes, ah! It's not him. Their mission is always the opposite of the heart of God. And nothing, listen to me, nothing matters more to God than you. You are the true riches of God. God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son. And you are His true riches, and you are made in His image, and that's why the enemy hates us. So what do we do? If we've been transformed and we're in Christ, we have a miraculous authority. We have a miraculous authority. Now, let me explain as quick as I can. In the beginning, we, we understand Adam and Eve, and they had authority. Say, they had authority. What they did in the garden is they gave that authority away. When they disobeyed God and the enemy came in and did his thing, again, remember, tempting to sin, getting you away from the will of God. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And they gave into that. They gave now the enemy that place of authority. Jesus had to be sent to get you and I's authority back. Say amen to that. So he took it back from the enemy, and now he gave it to you and I. So we have the authority of Jesus' Father. We have the authority of Christ. Matthew 10.1 says, Jesus called his twelve disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. He gave them authority to use his power. Now, how many have ever watched Andy Griffith? I love Andy Griffith. My favorite character, and you can just imagine, is Barney. During our lifetime, we travel many roads. And, but in one episode, Barney goes and tries to get these guys selling produce. They're too far in the city. And they need to move outside the city because it's illegal because there's people that have grocery stores in the city. And they're saying, you can't do that. It, it, it gets into their business, so you need to go outside the city if you're going to do that. They don't want to do it. So they tell Barney no, and they scare him away, and Barney's kind of afraid. And Andy talks to him. Anybody remember this episode? Andy talks to him and says, Barney, 
Barney's like, aren't you going to take a gun? And he says this. Now listen to what, uh, there's a principle I'm trying to tell you. He says, no, I'll get him because I'll talk to him. I'll tell him about this. And he points to his badge. So when Barney goes back, Barney finally just realizes, I've got to stand up. See, that's what happens. The enemy wants to tell you you can't stand up. But Barney, he goes to stand up and he goes back and those guys, they come at him like, we're not going to leave. And Barney says to them, now again, don't leave here going, he just quoted Andy Griffith all day. <laughs> I love that church. We learned how to whistle. <laughs> no. But anyway, the guys come in and, and they, you know, he said, oh, you're, you're a lot bigger than me. But this badge stands for somebody that's a lot bigger than you. If a policeman is trying to stop, now I'm, I'm off of Barney now, okay. If he's trying to stop an 18-wheeler, that person has to obey the badge, the authority that goes with the badge. Do you understand that? So when it comes to authority, there may be, you may be feeling like I'm up against Goliath, but just be like David. You have the authority. He had the word from God. You have the word from Christ. You have the word from Jesus. You don't have to be afraid. You can move and walk in the authority delegated to you by Christ. The problem that we're having is we don't understand or believe we have that authority. My kids could come and say, you know what, you've got to go clean your room. And they, the other one would go, oh, no, we don't. And this is what they would say. Uh-huh, mom or dad said... That's a whole nother infringement. Because if we said that, they're going to clean their room. Because if they don't, they already know. Didn't they tell you we said? Ooh, yes. Because there's authority that goes with that name. There's authority that goes with that badge. There's authority that you have. Some of what's been pestering you needs to be cast out because you're not using the authority given to you. You see, you don't have the power in your own self to defeat darkness, but a greater power, the name above every name, has all power, and that is Jesus. That's how that guy got free that night at youth. It's Jesus. Basically, you know what a jumper cable is? A jumper cable is just you plug something into a good battery, and you plug it into a dead battery... And something that is from the good battery is going through the cable to the dead battery. You don't want me to do that again. <laughs> well, uh, it, it just it transfers that power. To, and that's what we're doing. We need to recognize it's not us. It is God in us. Come on, somebody. It's greater than he that's in me. I've been in services where they've had me speak and watch God do stuff that's just like crazy cool. I mean, somebody in a hospital bed and they're like, hey, and they shove a cell phone at you and said, this lady, this, he can't, she's got IVs all over the place and they think she's going to die. Could you pray for her? And now we're in a service and I look at the pastor and the pastor's like, go ahead. I'm like, okay. So you know what I did? I called on the name above every name because I can't reach through the phone. I'm not bigger than AT&T. Jesus is though. He can reach out and touch someone. So I said, in Jesus' name, your body lined up with the word. I call you healed. And the next thing we hear on the phone is, ah! Woo -woo! ah! And I'm like, and I mean, everybody's hearing it because I got the microphone up there. 
And the nurse gets on the phone and says, she just woke up. She just pulled her cables off. She's running around the room and she's got a nightgown on. Now, if it's a hospital nightgown, those things are air conditioned. You better keep that in But she was healed and she got dismissed the next day. I mean, things are just, you just like, oh, are you kidding? I watched things, I watched the guy's ear open up. I mean, I actually didn't see the ear open up. I just know he was deaf. There's people that are like, hey, he can't hear. He was in the war and a bomb blew up by his ear. He can't hear anything out of that ear. Watched God open that ear that night. And the guy's face just filled with tears. And people like, <gasps> watched somebody, their leg was shorter than the other one. And they held him out there like that. I watched their leg go out like that. And people were just, <gasps> I heard him gasp. And oh, people, oh my goodness. And then the altar's filled with people. Why? Because for many people, seeing is believing. But my friends, miracles can happen every day because believing is seen. We don't recognize so much what's going on because we're just trying to survive. We live in a state of survival, so sometimes it's just we're just trying to get by. It's hard to see, like, I, I can't even see next week. I just want to get through today. How many have just ever waited? I just can't wait to go to bed tonight. How many have ever said this? I just want to go to sleep. Because if I sleep, I don't have to think about it anymore. And then I don't have to think about it till I wake up again. And if we were real honest, some of us would be like this. I don't know if I want to wake up again. Because the enemy wants to keep you bound. But there is a deliverer. There is a deliverer. Forces of darkness want to keep us dependent on chemicals or addictions. You see, we don't want to assume every problem is demonic. We don't want to assume any problem isn't if it is. But we want to use God as the discerner here. I mean, the Bible says we're to be led by peace. And sometimes we are just led by anything that wants to make a decision. So we've got to get involved with everything. Because if we say, God, I just need you to show me, then he's going to get you out if you need to get out. He'll light the path. If it's dark, he'll show you how to walk. If you need to say, God, I don't know if I need to go to the left or the right, he'll help position you where you need to go. He'll show you the way. We have to tap into the power source. We've got to get that jumper cable connected to the right source. Use the authority we've been given. I've had God wake me up in the middle of the night just to wake me up. And, I mean, different times in my life I've heard audible voice. But, I mean, he's woke me up just to say, and I heard him, Brett. And I, I looked at Kim, thought she was talking to me. She's, she sounds asleep. And he told me one night he woke me up, and, I mean, he was just literally doing this, shaking me. And, I, you know, I was getting mad because I thought it was her. Because I need my beauty sleep. She's already beautiful, but I need more sleep. But anyway, he, he woke me up, and this is what he said. Get up. That's all he said. Get up. I heard it as plain as day. And I got up, and he put this family on my mind. And so I, I went out into the living room, and I just began to pray for that family. I don't know what. I was just like, God, I, 
I'll pray for, I remember the guy's name was Dwayne, and I don't remember the lady's name, and they had a couple kids that played with our kids. And the next day, we found out that at the time I had gotten up, they were involved in what would have been a, a terrible auto accident, and God had miraculously saved them. Now, I could use that in, the, in healing or protection. That would go either way. But what I'm telling you is, you've got to get God involved in your life. You've got to let Him have an avenue to be able to talk to you. You know, when I first got saved, check it out. When I first got saved, my mom's in the building right now. When I first got saved, I was scared. I know it's hard to believe, but I was scared. I was scared of Jesus. Because when you'd see Jesus on the movie screen... Like, there's one movie, and this is just my opinion, so, again, no hate mail. But that movie, Jesus of Nazareth, that dude looks like he's on opium or something. And I don't know what you look like if you're on that, but I'm just like, ain't no kid going to run up on his lap. He looks creepy. I didn't, you know, if I was a kid, I'm like, I ain't. And I was so afraid. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. I was so afraid that I would get saved. I remember when I got saved at four uh, something in the afternoon, January 2nd, 1980, my sister led me to Jesus. I went and told my mom who worked at City Hall, called her on the phone and all that. But anyway, I was so afraid that then there would be this big bright light in my room. Boo! And there'd be Jesus with the white robe and that bony finger and that greasy hair. And he'd just walk out and he'd go, Brett. And I'd be like, I'll just drop over dead. You might as well take me because I don't know. And I told my mom, I'm in 1980. I was just maybe, you know, 20 years old. I'm 57 now, so you do the math. I was born in 60, so I was 20 years old. 1980, 20 years old, 20-year-old man. And I said, Mommy, can I sleep in your room tonight? <laughs> I didn't say it in that voice, but I said, I'm, I'm scared. I, I want to, can I sleep on the floor in your room? My dad kind of was like, oh, okay. And my mom was like, sure. And she said, why? And this is what I told her. I said, Mom, because I'm afraid. And she said, why? I said, because the opium Jesus is going to come and go, bread. And this is what she said. Check this out. Because whatever you're afraid of, if you won't face it, you'll stay afraid. So this, check it out. So I, I went and said, that's what I'm, and she said this to me, and I'll never forget this, and I thank my mama for a God-fearing mom. She said, Jesus is not here to scare you. He loves you. He's not going to do that. And I said, are you sure? I'm 20! And she said, yeah, but if you want to sleep here tonight, it's okay. Now, story goes on. Middle of the night. Now, in mom and dad's house at the time, my mom, if she gets up in the middle of the night... If there's no light there, she can't see where she's going. She's half asleep, and it's not a pretty sight. I'm not that she's not pretty. You know what I mean? She don't know where she's going. So they always had a nightlight in the bathroom. I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep, you know, because this is what was going through my mind. Now, you tell me if this isn't what happens when you get saved or you make a decision for Christ. You're the same. Nothing has changed. You're still the same. There's nothing different from you. And all of these thoughts are going in my mind. I'm just wrestling back and forth. But let me tell you something. If nothing had changed, then why am I having this? Because the fact is this, Jack, something had changed and the enemy's trying to get me to not believe it. And I was in that room and I was laying on the floor and I knew 
somebody was in the room and they were looking at me. And I was about to freak out. If there'd ever been a 20-year-old that was about to go, and there it goes, you know. I turned around and there was a man in the doorway. This is a true story. There was a man in the doorway. He had hair about down to here. He had a beard. And, and he had on a three-piece suit. It's the same suit I wore to the prom. So Jesus has got good style. He's wearing my clothes. But anyway, it was the suit I wore. And, and the light from the bathroom, from the nightlight, hit his face. Now, in my garage to this day, there is a picture that reminded me of that, that night. And he tilted his head and he looked at me and he had his hands like this, holding the lapels of his jacket. And I could see him smile. And I remember this wave of peace hitting me like grandma's quilt and I was eating Cinnabons or something. I mean, just like this awesome, no fear, just... And I turned around and I said, Mom, Dad! You know, and, and mom was like, huh? and dad was like, what, what, what? And I turned back around and he was gone. And I later talked, and, and again, what my mom had told me was true. Jesus knows your heart. And he wasn't going to come there as opium person. But he was trying to say, Brett, I'm here. I love you. My friends, the greater one is here to take care of you. He's here to set you free for whatever you are bound to. Light defeats darkness. You don't have to be a pastor to hear God's voice. You just have to be a follower. Just a Jesus follower. Just a Christian. The Spirit will prompt you. Maybe today He'll tell you to reach out and touch someone. He'll tell you to, hey, tell someone, encourage them, or pray with them, or get up in the middle of the night, or pray, or, or pay for somebody's meal. Or He had me give a watch to somebody one time, just because the guy had told God, unbeknownst to me, God, I, I, don't, I don't believe in you anymore. If you're real, have somebody give me a watch today. What is the craziness of that? I just took my watch off, and the Lord said to hand it to him. So I handed it to him and shook his hand, and his face went ashen white. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the God of deliverance is still here today. He, will, he cares about everything. He cares about you. He cares about what you care about. What is darkness? Let me tell you what darkness is not. Darkness is not the opposite of light. A lot of us say that is, but listen to me. Darkness is the absence of light. Think about it. Who is Jesus? The Bible says Jesus is the light of the world. If you're in Christ, the light of Christ dwells in you. When you walk into the room, Jesus is walking in the room. And the light of God in you begins to overtake darkness. Say amen to that. The things that you are coming up against, God says, i got greater power than that. You can be free. Do you believe it? You've got to believe it. Well, Brad, I'll believe it when I'm free. Believe it before you're free and you'll get free. Light always defeats darkness. We have authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. You take it, you say it, you bind, you loose. You do your part, God always does His part. Look at Ephesians 6, 12-13. We'll finish this thing up. 
For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of armor. You'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Why? Because Jesus has never lost a battle. He's inside you. Remember this, you're not fighting for victory, you're fighting from victory. You don't have to win, he's already won. You're fighting from a place of winning already. It'll change your perspective. It'll change the way you look at it. Brad, I just, I'm fighting for healing. You're not fighting for healing, you're healed. You're fighting from victory. It is our receptors, it is greater is he, it is us. There is no shortness in God. It is us just saying, God, I'm believing. I'm believing. Now, sometimes there is time that is involved and you have to walk that out. I get that. But my friend, it is those that are following and saying, God, I believe you. I believe you. Remember those guys that had to cross? It was until they stepped that the water parted. The water didn't part before they stepped. You've got to start trusting. You've got to start living this life and start saying, you know what, Jesus, you are the head. This is what I'm going to do. We just put some, I don't know whether, uh, Pastor Kim, if you're coming to the keyboard or altar music or whatever. This is what I'm believing. It's 1132, 1133, just turn. I'm done. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I want the prayer team just to come up here that, that, that are here. I'm believing God for things today to change. You want some change? Let's believe together. We don't have to see it to believe it. We have to believe it and we'll see it. Come on, somebody. I mean, God is... I, you know what? When I prayed for the dudes here, when I prayed for the, for the old woman that, that I, I knew God said, there's somebody here that's blind and she came out of the congregation. She, she had, her eyes were, I don't know, they were all glazed over with gray like a cloud. And I'd never prayed for anybody before. I put my hand over her eyes, and I'm telling you, I'm like, okay, God, you've got me here. And again, I want you to think about my perspective. I'm the jumper cable. I'm not the healer. I put my hand over her eyes. I called her eyes to come in line with the Word of God. The Bible says that it is God's will for you to be whole. I said that one. It is God's will for you to be well and healed. took my hand off her eyes and the clouds that were on her eyes, her eyes were as clear as a bell. And the, I don't know, there's probably a couple hundred people in that service. And the lady, old lady goes, I can see. And that echoed through them. People were like, oh. And then pretty soon there was a thunderous, everybody yelling. And the next thing you know, people are just running to the altar. He wants to do those things. He wants you well. The enemy, we've bought the lie. I guess he'll do it for others, but he won't do it for me. Show me that. You can't find it because it's not there. That Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13a. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to make this weird. I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. First thing I'm going to ask is if you don't know Jesus and you'd like to, 
It's the best decision you ever make. And I promise, just because what happened to me doesn't mean that's going to happen to you. I think maybe God's just saying, Brett needs help, and we all know that was good. So, but if you're saying, you know what, Brett, I, I want to accept Christ. I want to be a Jesus follower. I want to have the greater one in me. If that's you, I won't embarrass you. I promise. I want you to just put your hand up. I want to pray for you. Yes. Anyone else? Yeah. This is good. Now we, we're going to believe this prayer. We're not just going to say it out of repetition and just say the magic prayer. This isn't about, yes. This isn't about a magic prayer. This is about believing what Jesus said. It's not about eloquent words. It's about a great heart that says, God, I trust you. Everybody say this with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Today, I mark myself new. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at where you're sitting. Mark this spot, this day. Is it the 21st? of July or is it the 22nd like I said it's the 22nd mark this day at 1136 you know what I gave my heart to Christ now here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna say these people are up here to help you and I'm gonna stay up here if there's something you've been bound by something that you just are like you know what I got to get this thing off me this monkey is on my back and this is what in your mind has thought this I, I'll never get free the enemy's told you that when pigs fly you come up front, he's going to pray for you when pigs fly. Let me just tell you this. Jesus wanted pigs to fly. They can fly. Do you believe it? That God wants you well? Do you believe it? That he wants you well, body, soul, and spirit. That he wants your, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions to be healed. That you'll be okay. That you'll actually be at peace and be able to go, I can enjoy life because we don't want to live in survival, do we? So I'm going to ask you to do something. I don't normally do this, but just feel led of the Lord to do that. Because when we're talking about deliverance, we're talking about faith by taking steps. Are you okay? When I look at my face, I'm, I'm not here to trick you. Nobody's going to do anything. There's no magic beads. We don't have anything like that. We're not going to do anything weird. But the greater one lives in these that are up here to pray. And we're going to believe by touching it. The Bible says if we agree, it can be done. So I'm going to ask you, if that's you and you're saying, I just need some prayer, I want you just to get out of your seat. I don't normally do it, but we're doing it today. I want you just to come down here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Just stand right there. You're fine. You are fine. Anyone else? I mean, you've come this far. Wouldn't it be great to go home free? Wouldn't it be great to go home free? I'm going to say it one more time. Wouldn't it be great to go home free? Wouldn't it be great tonight to put your head down on your pillow and go, Yes! going to have these prayer partners with me and what we're going to do I'm going to start to my right can you hang with me for about five more minutes can we be all right everybody 
Because this is what we need to understand. If you're saying, listen, and for all of the Jesus followers here, the believers, all I want you to do is just pray. Just believe God. Now, if you're new and you're saying, this is weird. This isn't a normal what we do every service, but this is King's business. Okay? You just need to understand. If you were the guy that had the son, remember we read it and he said he he falls into the fire. Nobody up here has fallen in a fire doing that, but he's like your disciple. And I couldn't. And Jesus said, just bring the boy to me. So was there, there was a disconnection. Was it with Jesus? No. There was a disconnection with the disciples and, and that. Now, I don't see anything. I, let me give you a quick, really, illustration, and then, and then we're going to pray. I was in a service one time, and I took a, I took a plank, a board, and I, and I laid it across the ground, and I had a guy come up, and I said, walk across it. And he, he walked across it. I said, skip across it. So he skipped, run across it. He said, okay, he did that. Then I took two chairs and put the backs of the chairs here and set the plank in between the chairs. I said, walk across it. He said, mm-mm. I said, why not? Same plank. He said, yeah, but different circumstance. And that's what held the disciples up. They had done different things, and now they see something different. So because it comes different, it scares them. My friends, God is not afraid of anything. So if we just step in and say, I don't care what it looks like, whatever you say. Jesus, we fished all night, but if you say throw the nets down, over they go. I got five loaves and two fish. You can have it. What's your belief system saying? Let's believe today. Okay? Why not everybody stand? Um, play something, whatever, and whatever you guys think. And then, I know, I'm. see, this is all in the cup. I didn't know I was going to do this either. Glenn, you just stay with me. All you prayer partners, come, come this way. And everybody step back just about a step. Okay, what we're going to do, we're just going to go from my right to my left. We're just going to go down. We're, uh, we're just going to believe. Okay, we all agree? We're going to believe? We're going to believe. Okay, now, you guys that are here in prayer, you don't have to tell me what you're struggling with. I'm not asking that. Yeah, Pastor Kim, awesome. She's with us here. So you can tell me if you want. I can even turn my mic off, but it is not necessary. I mean, now, if does that makes sense, because I know we're in a public place and I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. God is big enough to know all that. But I do believe whatever that is is going to touch you at the point of your knee. Say amen to that. All right? All right. Tell me your first name. Tara. All right. Tara, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just command right now, we declare to be free in Jesus' name. Free today in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Yes, God. No more. No more. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. And you don't have to worry. I'm not a pusher. I'm not going to try to push anybody over or anything. You feel God and you want to fall over, there's people here, and, and we'll talk about that another day, okay? Don't you worry. Free in Jesus' name. Free in Jesus' name. There he is, sis. Free, 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 free.
free, free, free in the name of Jesus. 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 Chronic migraines. Father, we call these chronic migraines to be done in Jesus' name. Totally healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we claim this brain, this mind, and everything to work and function according to the word of God in the name of Jesus. It's done in Jesus' name. Freedom. 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 Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom. Completely free. Enemy, it's over in Jesus' name. You've been found out, and today is Freedom Day. Today is Freedom Day. Today is Freedom Day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There it is. Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Breathe in and breathe out. Just enjoy the breath of fresh air. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Father, we call this back to line up in Jesus' name. I call every fiber, every muscle to line up in the name of Jesus. I speak against any growth in Jesus' mighty name, God. I call strength and and wholeness back. I call prosperity back in his house. We break off discouragement. and, And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing, what you've already done. We fight from victory, God. We don't have to fight for it. You've already won the battle. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise for freedom. We give you praise for freedom. We give you praise for freedom. Total healing. Freedom. In Jesus' name. Heal hearts, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Freedom, God. Freedom, God. Father, I speak to this arthritis and I command for deliverance right now. Healing in these limbs and these muscles and these fibers in Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, 
God let that electricity of the Holy Spirit just touch her body. In Jesus' name.